Welcome to the Pretty Deadly Podcast. My name is Susie Collett. I'm a violent crime survivor, a martial artist, and I'm the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Hume Vaseem, a fitness professional and certified Pretty Deadly trainer living in Islamabad. We're exploring the kinds of violence women around the world face, the different ways we defend ourselves on a daily basis, and of course, sharing our self-defense tips and techniques as we go. If there's anything you would like us to explore, send us your questions and comments to hi at teamprettydeadly.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. So ever since you and I started working together, I noticed that you're really funny. And even in the manual, like there's so much humor involved in the names of the, you know, the actions that we do, the strikes that we do, there's always humor in there. And I've done stand-up comedy in the past and I couldn't help but notice that, you know, there are commonalities between self-defense and um, comedy. So have you felt the same? You know? Well, um, I have never done stand-up comedy. So okay. from that perspective, I can't really <laughs> you say, make jokes. But- but yeah but so you can tell me what you've experienced but I have experienced that similarity in something we talked about in the last episode regarding no and in improv exercises where um, when people say yes it gives you something to build on but when you say no it shuts down the game you know and that's kind of like a mirror of improv in that sense because we want to shut down a game in self-defense right yeah with the word no we don't want to keep saying yes but for me that would kind of be the the largest contact or the 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 closest context that I know but I'd like to hear what similarities you found because you have more direct experience yeah so you know what I've noticed is that you know if I'm in a situation with either my friends or family and there's some tension building up and brewing. Um, if I crack a joke or somebody else does, then this tension is de-escalated and people just break into laughter and that relaxes them. So that is a form of self-defense in a way that it doesn't, like it prevents potential violence from taking place. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what it sounds to me like you're talking about, which is where I see a big similarity is disruption. You, so comedy is disruptive and it's supposed to be disruptive. You know, you're led along a, a joke, right? And you're going along to the, to the punchline. You know the punchline is going to come, but that punchline is actually disrupting a rhythm yeah. of the story. That's partly what makes it funny. You know, yeah. and granted, we, if we listen to comedy and we listen to a lot of jokes, we already know that this is coming and we're prepared for it. We, even our physical bodies will prepare for it. But yeah. it's still, if it's a really good joke, it still surprises us. It's still disruptive in kind of like the hypnosis that we've fallen into in the story, in the lead up to the joke. Um, and in the way that you're speaking about it, I feel it does the same thing. So for me, self-defense, um, and, and I think in general, my belief about self-defense is that it's not preventative. Um, self-defense doesn't prevent violence. It doesn't protect you from violence it disrupts violence as it's happening. Yeah, that's the commonality. Right. Um, yeah, with, with, with building a joke, you have to create false tension first. You know, like, 
um, I fell in front of a bus, you know, that is something that would make the audience on the edge of their seats. And then you can you know, just do whatever, deliver the punchline and people will be relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I was reading was that a lot of comedians, like 80% of them come from households where they were very tense situations. So they developed their sense of humor as a defense mechanism to you know, relax themselves and their family members. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that humor, laughing is good for health. It relaxes people. So I think it is a powerful tool to put people's defenses at bay. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a great diffuser and certainly comedy can be used as self-defense. We, you know, we say, as you know, in Pretty Deadly, that the only real rule to self-defense is that whatever comes out of your body is self-defense. But that's not quite how we say it. We say the only real rule is if you live to tell about it, you've defended yourself 100% successfully. But that can mean, you know, telling a joke at a weird time. Yeah, it's what whatever is disruptive and whatever can diffuse or deescalate a situation. When I am um, in a in a, I don't want to say a scared state, but sort of in a like really high tension emergency state, I'll crack a lot of jokes. Okay. That, but it it has it's a, it's always a really specific situation. So, for example. Um, we talked about this in an earlier episode, I think, I hope, otherwise this is going to be a new topic for the future, um, where I was once um, roofied or somebody put something in my drink and I uh, collapsed in a club. Luckily, I was with my brother um, who was there to, to help care for me. But because we didn't understand what had happened, we decided the smartest thing to do would be go, to go to the hospital. We were all upset and scared because I'm not somebody who normally faints. That's just not a part of my physiological being. Um, so we were scared and we were confused. We were with one other friend and I cracked jokes all the way to the emergency room. Oh, really? That's what I do when I'm, when I'm feeling, when I'm in that state. Yeah. Wow. But I won't do that. I wonder in how they reacted. Like, did they laugh or? I, they were kind of reacting like, what is like, they, I think they kind of thought I was delirious because I was cracking all these jokes instead of being scared. Oh, okay. um, yeah, they were, they, were, they were very tense and nervous, my brother and, and our other friend. And was that helping you like calm your nerves? It must have been because I don't think it, it wasn't a conscious choice. I just did it. Yeah, I mean, you know, finding humor in such a situation is so easy. Like if I were in that situation, I'd feel like I'm in a sitcom or something, even though it's really dark and scary, (laughs) but um, it is also kind of funny and unusual that you're, you went to a club to have fun and now you're like lying on a stretcher Mm -hmm. next to your brother and friend and being escorted. Mm -hmm. That could make like dark comedy. Yeah. Well, I think there's that too. I mean, it's also, you know, are you someone who sees humor in everything? And I think like with Pretty Deadly, you started out saying that, you know, there's humor in the manual and, and you know, in the names of the techniques. And part of that is, was, I mean, all of that was done on purpose, but part of the reasoning behind that is because to put traditional self-defense is, is motivated by fear and it's scary and everything's like 
you know, if somebody chokes you and then tries to, you know, it's in gouge their eyes out and, you know, all this yeah. language that's, that's really fear motivated and combat motivated, which in one sense is appropriate, but in another sense, it can be a turnoff <laughs> because it kind of, you know, that, that language itself only evokes more fear. Yeah. So the reason all that humor is there is because, you know, you learn just as much laughing as you do crying. Yeah. But you're more likely to remember things that you're laughing about and they make you feel good. And then you have a positive association with self-defense instead of yeah. a negative association. Why not laugh? Exactly. Because there's also an aspect of it where, you know, once you start to, to kind of see how things work in the sense of people who like to, who like to use social norms as a door into, you know, past your defenses. Once you understand how that works and you feel confident in trusting your body and how you're going to respond, it can be amusing. Like, oh, this guy's going to come over here and, and try this thing. You know, let's see, let's see how far he gets. And he thinks he's perfectly safe. He thinks that I'm, you know, especially for me as this middle-aged woman, you know, who's, who's pretty chunky right now as well. So I look like really, really not harmless to anybody. They don't know what I know. And I find that really amusing. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's brilliant how you added humor to this course, because anyone who does come to learn, they are naturally afraid and they're thinking, what if I get hurt? What if I, you know, start bleeding or something? And they're also triggered because they remember all the threatening situations of their life. So adding humor is like such a smart decision there. And it actually works. You know, people who have come to our workshops and it, to our events, whenever we reminisce about the events, they just laugh. They're like, yeah, such a fun time, such a great time. Right. And because of this comedy element there. Yeah. That's also a bit of a martial arts element, you know, in the way that I've studied in the way that I understand martial arts. There are some martial artists who are super serious all the time forever for the rest of their lives. I'm not in that camp. And they think you they think everybody has to take it seriously. The grandmaster of my martial art, um, Masaki Hatsumi, or Hatsumi Masaki, whichever way that goes in Japanese. Um, I was just watching some training videos of him yesterday actually um while i was reviewing some material for some stuff that i'm doing in in my martial arts practice and you know he's in his 80s in japan throwing around all these guys he's dyed his hair bright purple <laughs> and it's sticking out in all different directions he's wearing this goofy t-shirt he's smiling and really relaxed and he's having a great time this is the grandmaster of ninjutsu Oh wow! I this guy's image. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so he's not serious. He's not taking himself seriously. Yeah. Another friend of a martial arts friend of mine. His teacher is a guy named. Um, oh, it's really hard for me to pronounce his name. Lo, and then I always forget his last name. Um, Taiwanese guy who teaches. Lo, that rhymes with Paul, who yes. is the kung fu panda. That's true. He is not the Kung Fu Panda, though. <laughs> you know, I think you just kind of, you, you just proved the point. <laughs> yeah. 
Lo also teaches in a, in, a, you know, he says while you're training with him, he is smile, you know, smile, you should be smiling. Yeah. He says that not only to, so that you stay light in your movement and fluid in your movement, because when you're relaxed, you're fluid. When you're too serious and you're tense, you actually, yeah. all your muscles are tense and your joints are tense. And it's you hard to move that way. Right. But also when you smile, you've loosened up your hips because there's yeah. a direct collection. There's a direct connection between your jaw, the tension in your jaw and the tension in your hips. So, so all connected. Yeah, it's all connected. Yeah, humor and 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 comedy are, are great defense mechanisms and they're great diffusers of tension. You know, as you say that, you know, you build the tension in a joke and then you deliver the punchline, which breaks the tension. It disrupts, right? Yeah, so exactly. it's that, and, and again, if we think about it, when we're listening to jokes and we're listening to a joke get set up, our bodies tense up too. You know, it tenses in anticipation, waiting for this thing coming. Yeah. It's, but so you're absolutely right. There's a real correlation, not only, I think, in the function of comedy as a disruption of that tension, but also in our bodies. Yeah. I mean, my mentor who taught us comedy said that you're not just delivering your sense of humor, but you're also delivering your energy. So whatever you're feeling, you have to feel it. Whatever you're saying, you have to feel it viscerally then the audience will feel that mm -hmm. and I've had shows where I was totally in my element and I saw how that influenced people more and I've also done bad shows where I was just very like in a cognitive space I wasn't feeling it but those jokes didn't land right. because the audience could pick up you know on my energies that's also really similar to self-defense in the sense of um I know that when I walk down the street if I'm in a really, really bad mood, everyone else will feel it. Yeah. You know, I, you can clear a path ahead of you if you want. Like if you're, especially, so when we're working with women um, about street harassment, one of the things that comes up a lot is rage. You know, what do you do with the rage? And that rage is not necessarily the same as that deep feminist rage that or feminine rage that we might have, which also is there and needs to be addressed. But we're talking more about that rage that comes from, that comes specifically from street harassment, from the fact <coughs> that somebody brushes against you, touches, grabs, says something, and then they disappear. So there's nothing you can do about it. So that rage comes from our frustration. What do you do with all that? Because we end up walking around with it for the rest of the day, like, oh, this guy did this, um, or somebody did this. And one of the things that we teach when we're working with women in this specific context is take that frustration and that rage and do a test. See if you can clear a path in front of you with it. So yeah. direct it in front of you like a beam and just, just play with it and see what happens. You have I've that rage, that you don't know where else, to, where else to put it. So yeah. put it in this exercise and just, you know, just find out what, what you can do with it. I like to clear a path because it's harmless it doesn't hurt anybody and it's just also it's interesting very to see interesting how exercise. yeah yeah it's a i mean i've seen that in movies i wish we could do it here but in slamba it's not that densely populated like you don't see a lot of crowds moving like that mm -hmm. um but i can try in yeah there are certain markets actually yeah i hope it works in pakistan oh. 
Well, let me know. People just seem to walk into each other without really caring. So, yeah. Well, let me know. You're listening to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast, hosted on ACAST and available on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and our website at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com and wherever you get your favorite pods.